Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Out Culture Podcast. Today we're all back finally after about maybe a month now. We got Joe, Francesco, Danny, and myself. What's up, guys? What's up, man? What's going on, boys? Hey guys. All right. So uh, obviously the previous match day is over. I believe it was match day twenty-two, if I'm correct. I think it's match day twenty-two that passed by. Um, there's a couple of good matches. Um, I was disappointed, obviously. Uh, Roma last four two to uh, Sassuolo. Juve got the win, so George Francesco are happy. Napoli as well in the tough game. And uh, yeah, I'll just start off, I guess, with the first match. Roma Sassuolo. Oh God. Um, there's so much I can say about this. Uh, obviously, the first half we played like a Serie D team. We couldn't do anything. I think we got the tactics all wrong. The first 10 minutes were actually, even though they scored on us the eighth minute, I feel like we we're playing decently well, similar to the Lazio game. We start off with a lot of intensity. We're pressuring them into doing things they aren't comfortable with, and I was happy with the team. Then, obviously, it started going all downhill. It's frustrating to watch. The defensive line, in my opinion, was too high up. That was the biggest problem. Get, we kept getting uh, caught in the counterattack, which is what uh, Sassuolo can do best. Obviously, Bolga is probably one of the best wingers in the league right now, and he just tore us apart. Like I've been saying, he's, in my opinion, has to be up there in the league. Such a great player for a small team like that. He's really the only one that creates everything. Every player runs through him. So, yeah, Jeremy Bolga is someone to watch out for in the summer. I'm sure he'll go to another club. There's no way he's staying there. Even if it's abroad, he'll be leaving uh, Sassuolo. And, yeah, I have to give credit to Sassuolo, right? Because um, as much as we did things wrong, they did things right. They played well. They pressured us. They didn't stop the whole game. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, once again, was horrendous. He's someone who is very frustrating to watch because you can see him go from three assists in a match to maybe <laughs> losing the ball 15 times in 10 minutes. It does too much sometimes. I feel like he was, I'm not sure, maybe it's the pressure getting to him. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just very inconsistent. And uh, he has a red card, so I'm kind of happy he won't be playing this week. He needs a week off to just look back at the match, watch the tape, and just get ready for the next one. And, um, yeah, overall, a terrible display. I think Smalling had a good game. Mancini, that was by far his worst game this season. He was probably the worst on the pitch. Um, I'll give him a pass, though, because he's been so good and, He's young, right? Hopping into a starting centre-back role for Roma, just coming from Atalanta, wasn't starting every game for them. Uh, so, yeah, Machine did well this season, but that game, which is, I think, at least two goals are his fault. Jekyll scored his 100th goal for the club, and I was, I was happy to see that because Jekyll was someone who we brought in from Man City, who's a backup striker, and came to Roma and just changed our entire culture. We were kind of a joke before he came, and when he came, it just changed everything. He's one of the best strikers in our history, and as much as he does uh, things that pisses everyone off, he's a big plus for Roma, and I'm happy to see that goal. Could have had five goals that game, but well, nothing's, nothing changes with Jacko. But, uh, yeah, moving on from Roma, we'll get on to the next game, and let me see what it is here quickly. Next game, Bologna, Bresh. Uh, what did you guys think about that game? Anyone get to watch it? Uh, no, that great. That was our worst. I, I, I watched I, I watched it a bit. Uh, I was on and off. It, it was just a very, um, I guess, what you expect. Bologna pulled up the force. Brescia played decently well. Balotelli disappeared once again. What you expect out of those two teams? No, nothing spectacular. Good one for uh, Bologna. Can I mention one thing about that game? Orsolini, I know you saw the game. Orsolini was fantastic. Yeah, he was so he's good. always been fantastic. He's been yeah. good this year. Like He's been having like, a good uh, breakout year. We could say. I, yeah. Even last season, he was good. Yeah, he showed signs last year towards, like, close to the end. Uh, he was preparing for the under-21 tournament, so that's a good sign to see, too, last year. And this yeah. year, he, it seems like he continued that form from last year. And hopefully he continues it, because I there's a chance that he could be a surprise uh, entry into the Italian squad, too. I think, he deserves, like I think he deserves to be in the Italian yeah. squad. Yeah, 100%. The you way that he's been playing, he does. He does, he's like, six, six goals, four assists. Yeah, he has good stats. Like he's him been, and Chiesa have been phenomenal this year too. So uh, Chiesa, I don't know this year. But he's like he's up, up and down, up and down. But again, again, Chiesa has always been like a good, like a player that like you guys, you we need for like the national team just because he brings, he's got speed, he's good with the ball, and then Orsolini can be like the guy that comes off the bench, holds up possession, and he he can even score as well. So. 
Yeah, I like the way Ilya's make... been playing this year as well, a lot. Like, I, I think that's the problem with Ilya. We don't have that like that that like guaranteed right winger that 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 could pair up with a striker in the left wing. I feel like we had Zaniolo could have been that, but obviously he's injured. I feel like that's a he's big loss for us. Yeah, he's out. Uh, Bernadeschi he's not good enough. Oh God, Kez, no. Kez, he's Kez, up and uh, down. Kessa's up and down. Kessa and Orsolini are too uh, are too young to start in uh, in a big stage at the Euro. So we have to see what to though. Yeah, we're gonna see what. Bring back Andreva. <laughs> you can make the argument that honestly, I think Orsolini is probably the most consistent winger on Italy like this yeah. season, over yeah. Insigne, over everyone so far. Insigne has been doing good though; he's waking up now. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on here to the next match. That, that was actually a good game, though. Bologna, Brescia. I enjoyed that one. Uh, Cagliari Padma was two-two. Uh, honestly, there really wasn't much to say about this match. It was a good game. Honestly, I think that Cagliari was a better team. Uh, Parma had yeah. the chances though. They're clinical. Uh, uh, Giovanni Simeone had a really good game. Honestly, um, I feel like sometimes he wastes a few chances, but he was really good this game. I think he got a goal and assist. I know he got a goal for sure. Um, but yeah, Giovanni Simeone was really good. I'm happy because uh, when he first came to Cali, he came there for playing time and to really uh, prove himself to obviously eventually move on to a bigger club. And um, he struggled, but that game he did really good. What do you guys think? I think yeah. part of my uh, disappointed me a bit. I, I had high expectations for them against that game, but Cagliari isn't a sleeper team. They're a very good team. So I think it was a fair result, too. too. Cagliari could have got the win if they were more clinical in the box. But at the end of the day, Parma is still uh, going to get ninth place in Serie A for my previous predictions. And Cagliari's, uh start regaining that form that they have in the beginning of the season. Uh, Joe, what did you think about that match? Yeah, Cagliari is uh, the last five games they haven't won. So uh, at home versus Parma, uh, without uh, I don't think Parma even had Kuloseski this match, did they? No, he, he didn't play. No, he didn't play. play. So yeah, so this no. is a game where Cagliari had the win. Uh, Joel Pedro missed a penalty shot, but uh, they ended up uh, losing the match in the 90th minute with uh, Parma scoring there at late. Uh, but the the man who really stepped out uh, that I watched I watched this game and uh, I think that uh, Pellegrini was the man of the match by yeah um, he's. Yeah, he was this season. He was he's been fantastic. very, very good uh, left back this season. Not only could he uh, defend when he needs to, but you know he could also send those balls in and get the assist when they uh, need a goal. And so Galati uh, with another uh, another point, but uh, they're going to start needing uh, three points. They start. They were beginning of the season. They were one of the hottest teams in the Serie. A. They're now uh, a couple of points off to the Europa League spot for number five. But uh, we'll see what Galati uh, does in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, and uh, what Joe said about Pellegrini, he's, uh, in my opinion, he could get called up to the national team yeah. pretty easily, in my because ever since yeah, Chelsea has been playing much. Spinazzola, he's been playing well, so maybe him, yeah, he'll get called up, I'm pretty sure. Spinazzola will probably get called up. Emerson, I don't know, he doesn't really play much for Chelsea, but I think he'll still get called up. Look at Pellegrini, someone who can cross the ball, and just his crossing is amazing. He gets yeah. a pinpoint to the head. I feel like... Um, in my opinion, I think Belotti should start over Immobile at striker. So I feel like uh, Belotti is someone who's good in the air. Well, <laughs> he's good in the air, but uh, Torino has no one to set him up. But yeah, Torino, uh, that's another uh, issue. We'll talk about them soon. But uh, yeah, I feel like uh, look at Pellegrini, someone who can help Italy. And the only two things he really needs to fix, really, is uh, defensively, he's a little wild and his decision-making. Other than that, he'll be a complete left-back, and I think he's one for the future for not only Juve, but for the national team. Yeah, isn't he also, like, 20 or something? So, like, he's got a lot of time to, like, grow. Yeah, I believe he's 20. He's so good. Yeah. No, Skillfully, probably, too. Oh it was a good God. game to watch. Uh, again, you guys, I know you got, you and Joe like to joke around with Joe Pedro, but he's been having the season <laughs> of his life. He's had, yeah, what, 13, 14 goals now. He could 14 have goals, yeah. One. He could have had another one, but, again... Uh, Simeone, he's, he played good. Um, for me, one guy that stood out to me, even though it's going to be a smaller uh, player, it's uh, Colombi. He, he made his uh, first start for Parma, and he made some really nice saves, and he's the reason why uh, Parma didn't lose that game, actually. He had a phenom- He had a pretty good game, in my opinion. The goalie for Parma taking place of uh, Sepe. So, yeah, he made a shot, few nice saves, actually. He made yeah. a few nice plays. He, like... He had, like, a good game as well. And uh, Cornelius, too, he stepped up in the last minutes to uh, save the points, uh, to get a point for Parma. So it was a good game to watch, an uh, entertaining one, uh, sort or less, yeah. Yeah, he's another one, too, Cornelius. Uh, he's, uh, 
talk a lot about him because of the funny names. But like I said last podcast, he's been having a great year and he scored again. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's I, a good I feel striker. Like we, should start, we should start talking about more guys when we can start scoring. Because <laughs> like we talk shit about everyone and <laughs> they step up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this one, uh, Juventus uh, Fiorentina. I'm gonna let Joe and Francesco talk about this one because that's uh, that's a match I want to talk about. Francesco also wants to bring up uh, Rocco Comiso in his comments. So uh, I'll let you start off. Okay, I'll start off. Uh, Going to this game, I was a a little nervous as Fiorentina have been a decent uh, side. Obviously, we got the big win, 3-0. I don't think the scoreline represents how the game went. Fiorentina was very good until we scored, and he just knocked him off the high horse over there. Um, I think think the ref was a, a little blind during the game. Ronaldo got speared in the box when the, the ball was nowhere near him, and the ref obviously didn't call it. Then Ronaldo uh, got, uh, scored two penalties. Obviously, when Drogoski made those comments saying he studied Ronaldo's penalties, he was ready to save anything, and uh, he kind of jinxed himself there because Ronaldo just scored two, uh, two past him. It was a great game by Maurizio Sadi's men. Uh, hopefully, the form continues because we all know Sadi is very bipolar. We won this game 3 nothing. So let's just hope the game continues and we don't lose to Hellas Verona now. Every other game, we can't be playing good like this. Uh, after the game, obviously, Rocco Camiso had some words to say. As when you lose to Juve, you instantly blame the, the rest from 2006, like they're still wrecking the city over here. He, he said uh, that, that that penalty was never a penalty on Ben Tanker, but I don't think he could see from the skybox up there. I, don't, I, I think maybe he was eating a steak instead of watching the game. I don't know what he was doing. But I hope he knows when a player's failing arm, like, nails Ben Tanker in the throat. I hope he knows it's a, it's a clear and obvious penalty. But uh, when, when you're losing 3 nothing, uh to, to the mighty Juventus, you always have to make an excuse. He obviously talking shit to Nedved. Nedved going back and forth with them. He, he, Rockland needs to stay in his lane over here. Uh, just uh, take the loss and move on to the next game. Stop focusing on Juve. Because when when you say Juve in the the press conference, you get more followers, more money. So he just needs to watch his mouth. Overall, a great game by the boys. Glad to see the lift back on the scoreboard. Glad to see Ronaldo scoring goals and, and on form. Let's hope that man bun uh, keeps coming. Joe, what did you say, think about this game over here? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it was a it was a, a great game to to watch because. Uh, I love uh, watching the early morning games and seeing what uh, we need to pre- uh, perform. Uh, but uh, the first half was very difficult to, to, to get into the box to really create a chance on yeah. target. We only had a couple of chances with Benkakur and a couple from uh, Ronaldo there in the first couple of minutes. But uh, other than that, the team was really quiet. Higuain didn't really create much for us this game. Uh, Costa was very lively. I liked the way he came in t- uh, to the back to the starting 11 and, and he played. Uh, we deserved the pen in the first, I don't know if well, the first half hour Ronaldo was going to the box yeah. and I think Igor stood in his way and then he fell. I think that yeah, was... He, uh, he scared Ronaldo in the box and the ref didn't call nothing. Yeah, I think that was a clear penalty but wasn't given. Then uh, it was a handball and uh, and then we got a penalty for that. It was a, a clean penalty and with that uh, first penalty shot goal, Ronaldo tied Trezeguet's record with uh, nine games uh, with goal scoring. And, goals, yeah. Yeah, in nine games. So... Ronaldo is already breaking records two years into Juve. Uh, and then the second half started, and uh, Fiorentina were actually on the attack. Uh, we, we were getting a little uh, anxious with uh, with Fiorentina there. Uh, they were creating lots of chances. Uh, Chesney had made a couple of saves. Uh, and then we got another penalty shot, which uh, I, I do believe was another penalty shot. He he put his uh, arm around uh, Bankakur's neck, and uh, we scored another penalty shot goal there. Uh, and then the rest of the game was really uh, straightforward. I think Rabiot played an amazing game, got a standing ovation when he got subbed off. Yeah, yeah, uh, game, and, and yeah, I think that's if, if he keeps playing like that, then uh, he deserves a starting spot in the in the Juventus team. Uh, other than that, then the lit scored to made a three nothing. Uh, the three points is uh, all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, for Comiso, I'm not going to go really into it. Uh, it's the same stuff every time we beat a, a team, not only in Serie A but in the Champions League. Uh, every time we beat a, a team either home or away, it's either the, the refs are, are on our side or uh, the refs uh, don't know what they're doing. So at the end of the day, it's, it's 2020. Uh, the stuff, stuff of paying refs don't happen anymore. It's either the refs ha- has a bad game or uh, the calls are given because of the right uh, the right spots. Listen, the two penalty shots were, were penalty shots. 
and there's nothing to argue. Uh, him coming to Juve, like Francesco said, obviously he's going to come to Juve just to make, uh, maybe get his uh, money and stock up a little bit more. But uh, other than that, uh, Comiso should, should just stay in uh, the USA and uh, worry about uh, Fiorentina from there instead of coming to the Juventus Stadium, watching game, losing the game, and then blaming the refs because of the game. So other than that, uh, three points in the bag and everything else uh, I really don't care about. Yeah, also with that penalty, uh, from my point of view, I feel like, yeah, it was a penalty, uh, Cecilini's arm and slash not arm, it was an elbow slash forearm. Um, yeah. yeah, it went, went to his neck and, um, obviously, Mentecourt did go down easy, but that's enough to call a penalty. That was obstruction on that player, clearly. Uh, it's enough to call a penalty, even if they go down easy, uh, easy, and there's nothing well, to well, complain about. When you get an arm to the throat, it's, it's gonna hurt. It's yeah, yeah but that's not gonna send someone to the ground. That won't send someone to the ground like that. That was a penalty, though, but he's obviously over-exaggerated, but what are you yeah, gonna do, honestly? Well, honestly I'm, not say, I'm not saying, yeah, he did over-exaggerate, but it's still like, it's still in pain. Yeah, it was still a penalty. <laughs> the, they're soccer players. That's all they do. Over exaggerate everyone. Like, like a play like that. Obviously, it's yeah. You, it's a penalty since it's obstruction, or whatever. But if uh, the player didn't fall down, the referee never called it. So you have to over exaggerate sometimes. Do we gotta do it to win? That's what. Uh, yeah. But overall, uh, besides the two, uh, whatever comments Camiso made, because I really don't care what he says anymore. Uh, guy thinks he's king shit of Italy, but whatever. <laughs> but it was a good good win for uh, Juventus. Uh, it proves that Fiorentina should stop celebrating after wins, because uh, the next week they come out flat. So if you're gonna celebrate after a win, you gotta prove it the next week as well. So uh, yeah, but Juve proved uh, why they're the best team in Italy. They took down a tough Fiorentina side. Uh, who are always tough every year, even if they're having a shit season. They always play good towards, like, bigger teams. Uh, Juve are now on top with that win, and that's all that matters if uh, you're a Juve fan. Just being on top. Yeah, with uh, Rocco Camiso, I, I respect everything he's done for uh, Fiorentina as a brand, but at the end of the day, comments like that, it just it's not it's not going to do anything. The match is done. Just keep it to yourself if you do feel that way. I don't know how he did feel that way, because obviously those are penalties, but just keep it to yourself. There's no need for that. Just trying to stir up drama, but uh, and it's not like are... it's not like sorry to interrupt. No, but it's no, not no, like no. it's not like it was a last minute uh, penalty that was questionable. Like oh my god, what, why? Like how can you call that foul? And it's not like the referees did check VAR. They have VAR. They'll check it. But if it's a clear penalty that even I can see, and I was sleeping and I saw it after, I said, oh, it's a penalty. Why are you complaining? And you guys lost three nothing anyways. It's not like you guys were gonna win that game anyways. Like it was one one, and then it was a two one. Okay, I can see why you you're mad. But it's a three nothing game. Just shut up. Like honestly, like if you lose two one, like okay, you can comp- do what you want, do what you want. But if you lose three nothing, there's nothing to complain about. The soccer a goal's worth one, not two. So there you go. And we'll move on here to uh, Atalanta Genoa. Uh, Atalanta, I think I mentioned it uh, last week. I said that their defense is something that they need to work on because uh, they do fo- focus a lot on their attack, and when they attack, they aren't able to finish everything. It bites them in the ass, and this is an example, once again, similar to that spell game. Yeah. Uh, Atalanta dominated this match. They were all over Genoa. Uh, Genoa had their chances, and they, they were clinical. you got to give them respect for that. Uh, they did what they had to do. They came away with two points at Bergamo, which is not easy to do. Not many teams can come away with anything at Bergamo. So, good for uh, Genoa there. But yeah, Atalanta, um, it's going to be t- uh, difficult for them going forward in the league because obviously they still have the Champions League of Valencia. So, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, not really much to say about this game other than Atalanta dominated. What did you guys think? It was a good game. Uh, again, like, Genoa, they battled hard. Uh, Ilicic keeps on scoring. That guy, it seems like every year he gets better and better. Uh, I didn't watch the match that much. Uh, I was on and off or stuff. But anytime, like like Enzo said, you can go to the Bergamo and get a point, especially for a team that's battling in the relegation zone. It's a huge result. It's like winning. It's like winning a Scudetto for like some of these teams sometimes. Going to these big places trying to stay in Syria and getting a point or even the three points. Uh, 
in Genoa, they played good as well. Give uh, give them a lot of credit too. And but Atalanta dominated the game. Um, they had a lot of chances too. It's just they couldn't finish uh, that one chance. So hopefully, uh, Genoa. I would like to see Genoa stay up because of the the friendship that our ultras had together. So hopefully they could stay up. But if they go down, it's it's sad. But it wasn't meant to be. If they end up going down. Yeah. Uh, friend and Joe, what did you guys think? Yeah, I didn't watch much of the game. Uh, it was surprising that Atalanta lost points, especially at home. Uh, Lilicic is uh, still on fire. I think he's top five in Serie A goal scoring this season. Yeah. Uh, he was 14 goals, uh, so he's been on form this season. Um, this was uh, uh, actually the chance for uh, Atalanta to uh, go more past uh, Roma, uh, but uh, they didn't take the chance when they needed to. Uh, but uh, other than that, General got a, a good point away from home as they're trying to uh, stay above the relegation zone. Uh, they're 16th, uh, and uh, they're three points behind 17th Lecce. So uh, they're still going to need, need some uh, wins uh, going forward. But uh, other than that, uh, two, two goals separated the two, and uh, they both walked away with a point. So Yeah, I, I think... Uh... Uh, Atalanta, I think they really need a. I think they made a mistake this window. I think in the winter transfer window, they they need a. They should have bought defense. That they really need to solidify on the defense line. But if it's working, City, yeah, let's let's hope it works against Valencia in Champions League. Just outscore the opponents, and hope they go far in the Champions League. And hope to see this run of form continue. Uh, Genoa played very well. Um, obviously, the 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 jo- the joke of the year, but uh. Uh, on a serious note, Stilato has been very well for Genoa ever since he came back from injury, uh, solidifying that midfield for them. And uh, I'm glad to see them start, starting to wake up a bit and uh, have a good couple of weeks in Serie A. Yep, there we go. And uh, now we got Lazio Spalo. Lazio came with a 5-1 victory. Purely Immobile had two goals. Uh, what's new? I called it last week. Yeah. I said you do nothing against Roma and score two against Spal, and ends up happening. Um, yeah, another win for Lazio to keep on going, and uh, yeah, Spal really didn't show much that game. What'd you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lazio dominated them uh, from start to finish. I think it was three nothing in the opening thirty minutes. Uh, Immobile another two goals had to to uh, the impressive form he's had this season. Uh, then uh, Spout came away with a, a 65th minute goal uh, to, to, to at least get a goal from the game. So Lazio has been uh, on fire this uh, this whole season. I know that they just tied uh, to uh, Verona, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but if you look at the Serie A table, the, the top three teams are, are only separated by four points. You got Juve with 54, you got Inter with 51, and you got Lazio with 50. And then after that, it's Atalanta with 39. So no team in Serie A will catch will, will will even be near those teams for the rest of the season. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a very tough uh, battle for the Scudetto this season, but it's either going to go to Juve, Inter, or Lazio. So it's going to be a, a, a great uh, end of the season in Serie A. Because the day Lazio wins Scudetto, the day I'll retire from much sport. It's not going to happen. We'll catch them, confident. They're not going to finish ahead of us. never going to happen. Uh, we'll see them soon. But, yeah, uh, it was just an yeah. easy win for Lazio. That's all I gotta say. Uh, Immobile continues to perform. Casado got a couple as well, and just congratulations to Bobby Aducane, former Liverpool product, uh, getting his first Serie A goal. So there's <laughs> there's your facts. That's, that's all. Yeah, that's my facts. Yeah, well, fun fact of the day. Fact there we go. Down. We're gonna do that for now. On. One fact a day from from now till every podcast. I'm gonna bring up a fun fact. Uh, anything else you guys got to say about this match or we'll move on? No, just move on. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> just a last <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we had uh, Ace oh, Milan taking on Verona, trying to continue the run of form. They ended up with a draw, a big uh, draw for Verona, who played at the San Siro away from home. Um, yeah, Milan is just a team that, like I said, they're inconsistent. Uh, they were the better team by far this match, but they couldn't just, they couldn't finish. Uh, Verona's defense is one of the best in the league, in my opinion. They have the best right back in the league, Davide Faroni. He's just on another level. That he's guy been playing is, good, yeah. Yeah, he's a late bloomer. He's 28, but 
He's someone who's just been outstanding this season, and he's someone that I would really love at Roma. We need someone like that. But yeah, he played uh, extremely well this match, and like always, Milan. Just ever since Inzaghi retired, they can't find a number nine. Uh, Ibra does a lot of things for Milan off the ball. He draws a lot of attention, like we all mentioned last podcast. So Ibra's doing what he has to do since coming back. And uh, this weekend against Inter should be uh, interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was uh, watching the game, and uh, Milan were very pressing. Uh, they didn't end up getting the three points. But uh, other than that, I think Hellas Verona are a very underrated team this season. Uh, not only the game versus Milan, but I also watched them versus Lazio yesterday. Uh, they're not scared to play counterattacking football against big teams. Yesterday, they were getting the ball. They were defending well. They shut down Immobile. And once they got the ball, it was not like they, they just kicked it out. They really played possession-based uh, soccer. And uh, these last three games, you know, they had Milan uh, last week. They had Lazio uh, yesterday. And they have Juve this weekend at home. So, Hellas Vona are playing very good soccer. Uh, and I expect them to play a very good game versus Juve this uh, Saturday. Uh, and uh, for Milan, uh, Ibra didn't play that game, so can't really uh, uh, blame the strike force. I think that Zlatan's the only guy that that really could pop in the goals right now for as a striker. Uh, uh, with Piontek gone and Zlatan and uh, Leal, the only striker uh, strikers that they have uh, that could pop in goals. Uh, it's going to be very hard to break down even a defense like uh, Hellas Verona. So coming away with a point has to be hard by Milan, but for Hellas Verona, it's a great step. They're only a one point away from Milan for that eighth spot. So, Verona's having a very great season. As for Milan, uh, like Angel said, they're just not consistent. And uh, if they could be consistent, then they could be a top team. But until then, uh, Milan still have to uh, have lots of stuff to do. Yeah, and uh, just quickly, I think that Milan's biggest problem is finding a starting 11. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always a new attack and something changes every game, right? Like Zlatan, someone, like I said, he draws a lot of attention. But you can't always depend on that. The guy's 38 years old. He came from LA Galaxy. He's not going to be uh, playing 90 minutes every game till the end he's of the season. He's not the fact he was uh, five, six years ago. Like he's yeah. Not. People need to step up. They can't depend on him. Obviously, he's going to help when he's in. But they can't depend on him. That's just another example that they struggled to score. Yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, you know what? I gotta give uh, Verona a lot of credit too. They've been playing lights out soccer this year. Like surprise, they've surprised me. For me, they're the surprise team of the season. I don't know if you guys agree with that, yeah. but uh, for me, they're a really surprised uh, team. Like the team for me. Uh, again, their defense has been one of the best defenses in the league. Not even just like defending wise, but like as a group. Uh, Ramani, he's been a really good player to watch for Verona. Kumbula, when he plays, he's a really good player too. Even the, that Polish center back too, I forget his name. He's a good player too. And they've just been pressing good, like uh, Enzo said earlier on. Uh, Juric, he's got their guys pressing. And it, it's a good sign to see because it's hard to break down a team that presses well. Uh, the one problem with Verona, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys want to agree with this, they don't have that striker that can score. They don't have a finisher. They don't have yeah. a finisher. Yeah, don't. And their best finisher is 37 years old, uh, Pazzini, but he comes off the bench a lot. So, I feel like if Verona can get maybe like a nice, like a, like a solid striker even in the summer transfer window, I feel like they could be a team that can potentially, because they got a lot of money now with uh, Romani leaving, with uh, Amrabat leaving, potentially Kumbula leaving. So, they could be a team that they have to build around those guys leaving. They got to use that money wisely, and they got to use it smart. Because if they don't, I can see them going back to Serie B next season. So hopefully they prove me wrong that they could use their money wisely to get back to the game. Uh, Milan, for me, they didn't look too impressive. Uh, I feel like they're, again, what if Eva doesn't play, I feel like their attack is invisible. Uh, their midfield, I, I feel like they can get better. Uh, there's no creativity for me. And... You know there's no creativity when Daniele Mal- Maldini has to make his debut. <laughs> so, but good for him, good for him, uh, for a generation uh, Maldini. Hopefully he lives up to his father and his grandfather, but it's going to be hard because those guys are really good players back in their days. But congratulations to Maldini for making your Milan debut. So, another fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Just what you uh, think. Uh, the Milan Verona game, obviously Verona's been um, 
I wasn't shocked by the result. Milan's still trying to figure out their form. Verón has been on, on a on a good run streak. So a draw, I, I think Milan got away with the draw this year. Obviously, with those Latin, I, I thought they were going to lose when I saw the lineup. But uh, they they held their ground. They played the better uh, soccer. Obviously, like what Dan said, Maldini made his debut at 90-30 minutes. Um, just, I, I think he's just a special player Milan need to keep a hold of. Uh, he's he's going to be a generational player. Obviously, you watch uh, soccer with your grandfather. You're watching uh, Cesare, then your father with Paolo, now now, now Daniele. So it's it's great to see the story. Hopefully, he lives up to the hype. And hopefully, Milan uh, find their form fast and uh, start, start being a force to be reckoned with in Serie A again. Yeah, and just the tactics from Juric are very uh, just interesting, right? Because they yeah. basically play with seven at the back, if you really look at it closely yeah. when you're watching the game. They play with three center backs. They also have the, the two wing backs come, dropping back, and also the two central midfielders who drop yeah. in as well. So it's almost seven at the back, and then they break out quickly with Faroni, usually leading the attack on the right. They throw the ball out, and then start like that. Um, I like his tactics, and it's very tough to score on them. I really want to see how Juve can break them down this weekend. I think Juve will get the win, but at the end of the day, I think the quality it'll will. It'll be a hard game. Yeah, it'll be a tough game, but I think Juve's quality at the end will shine. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Now, uh, I guess we'll move on here. What do you guys want to talk about next? Which game? You want to go talk about the Inter? talk about the Inter, and then we'll talk about the, the new uh, gauge for this coming weekend. Yeah, also... Uh, just to bring up quickly, uh, there's not really much to say, but yeah, uh, let you be totally totally for nothing. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah my, boy, boys, my prediction was right finally. <laughs> I said it was gonna be a boring match, right? Who wants to see? To be honest, it's actually it's actually pretty entertaining. Not for me, Daniel. bro. I hate yeah. I hate when I see I hate seeing a one sided game at all. I hate it. Dan huh. was out picking the tomatoes while Lecce was was. I, I was making the uh, sugo. I was making a sugo. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. everything uh, looks wrong with uh, Torino right now. Yeah, well, we'll Starting see if they wake up with a new coach now. Uh, I think they, I think they need more than a coach. I think they, they need. Uh, I think the only like the decent player that performs every week in and out is Salvatore Sirigu. Yeah. and Bramer, Bramer as well. He's yeah. good. You know, there's Bellotti, three guys on Torino that are good: uh, Barotti, Sirigu, and Bramer. Oh, but even Bellotti's been a little off this season. Yeah, Bellotti's been a little off. Yeah, but look who's be supporting him. There's no one. There's no support. Someone Verdi supporting him. That guy gets injured more than uh. Listen, if you're a good striker, then you, 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 you don't need support if you're a good striker. Cristiano Ronaldo. You guys also have Dybala. You compare Dybala is twenty times better than Simone Verdi. Obviously, but <laughs> if you put put Bologna no, on I just a think... team like Roma with those creative players, he'll be a phenomenal. He'll be a different player. striker. He'll I just a, think it's um. Tr- yeah, sorry, then continue. No, I was gonna, say, I was gonna say like he's he's a type of guy. He doesn't, he can't do it by himself. He needs one guy to make a play because he's a pure finisher. Uh, finisher. He needs so someone to cut his chicken for him at the dinner table. He can't create his uh, chances. If you give him, if you give him a chance, he'll score it. But he can't create. But nothing. it's also. But that's yeah, also like ninety percent of the strikers in Syria, besides like Ronaldo and stuff. Like if you look at top strikers, but, Immobile, he doesn't make his own chances. Uh, he, they just feed him, and then penalty shots. Zapata, he's a tall guy that can win the ball in the air and finish in the box. Like, if you're not Cristiano Ronaldo or maybe Lukaku, even that, you're not uh, a creative striker. Even Martinez, too. Yeah, just, you have to look at it, right? Because they have Immobile scoring these goals, but also, uh, who is it uh, leading assist? Uh, Luis Alberto? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you also have him who's leading an assist. So why do you think he has all these goals, right? Uh, Belotti, it's not a surprise. I don't think it's a case of him being like not a good striker. I just think it's a case of him being a different style of striker, right? He's a finisher. He's not someone who's going to get the ball, go up the field, create his own shot. He can if he has to, right? But also, when you have nobody helping you, it's kind of difficult to really do anything. I, I just think that Belotti needs, uh, needs a new, a new team. team. Yeah. He needs a new team. Yeah, he needs yeah, a new I don't team, th- I don't think he's motivated to play with this 20 side. Because if he really wanted to score... When you're through it, they lost four nothing. They lost seven nothing the game before. Like I'm pretty sure, like you don't just stand there and wait for the ball when your when your team's getting fucking hammered. No, Belotti was running a lot nothing. though. This Belotti, match, Belotti I think hard. Belotti has more tackles than half the center backs on Torino. <laughs> yeah, but this match, I really like what I saw from Belotti, even though he didn't score. He was running like a man. He was screaming. He you can see he cares. He cares. He loves Torino. That's why he's been here for so long. 
just uh, it's frustrating for him, club. right? Because uh, I just feel bad for the guy, but honestly, he's doing it to himself. If he stays another season, he can't really. He has to go. Man, it's over. I can this see match, him. Nor will I. I could probably see him like on a team like Fiorentina or something. No, I see him on a team. I, I think if if he does stay in Serie A, there's no there's no way he'll go to a team like Juve, like a top top uh, team. No, and, no, inter- no. I think I he'll either him. go to uh, either Roma, Roma or or I see him even at Milan with uh, Zlatan up front there. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. He, as a as a, a young guy, he uh, grew up as a Milan fan, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah. Just don't uh, put the number nine on him. That's just it. Just don't I put the number nine on him. Bad luck. Or he, I can I even just, see him. I can even see him in Lazio. Oh, if they, go, if, they, could, if, they oh, could do two, if they could go two up front instead of no, one. No, I won't see. I he, he's got a bad chance similar, to join. Though. He's got a bad chance to join Napoli than Lazio, in my opinion. And yeah, Napoli could get him too. Yeah. I wouldn't mind him. Him and Patania. I no, I could, see him, I could see him at Inter, actually. If Lataro goes to Barca, I could see Conte. No, no him, and, him and Lukaku are too similar. Lataro's, they're going to get another guy who can create, like Lataro did. Plus, they, saw, they could probably develop uh, Esposito, too. Like, he could yeah. be, like, an option, too. And they got uh, Sanchez, too. Honestly, I think that Melotti's uh, really close to a lot of guys from Roma, and I feel like Friedkin with the money he's bringing in. I feel like uh, something that he'd like to give to us is someone like Belotti was affordable. Well, obviously, now he's affordable. He's not 100 mil. Yeah, plus you guys need a striker, too. Where yeah, Jekyll I think Jekyll, is, he's running his course. It's over now, I think. Yeah, Roma, the season. Roma I definitely see, need a striker. Honestly, I can see him at Roma, t- like, a lot. Like, that's I love my Roma. That will be a number one team if I had to pick, or, like, the number one team for him. I can see him at Roma. And you guys with know the, how much with, I like Belotti. Let, let, me, let me say something. With the form that he's on, do you guys see him with the national team? Potentially, I could. No, no, I see he him has... getting called up for the national team because it'll. But not starting. Yeah. are we gonna call up? Bal- he needs Bal- to be Bal- called up. Even worse. He has he nine goals. Up. He, he has, has nine... We have no one else. He has yeah. nine goals this season, but five of them came from the penalty shot area. So he only has really four goals from uh, outplay this season. So I just think a... that. Yeah, continue, Joe. No, uh, from a guy uh, that uh, always uh, was to be the next uh, big thing for the Italy national team. Like Francesca said, we really don't have that like. That great, great striker to to push us through. Like uh, there was one time Italy had uh, so many strikers they didn't know who to put. They had Luca Toni, Del Piero, and Totti all in one season. So at one point, Del Piero too. Yeah, so to go from that to go to uh, you know Belotti, either Andrea Immobile. Belotti or Immobile. So Immobile has uh, been on great form this year, but when it comes yeah. to the big, the big, big games and the big tournaments, uh, you know he'll get those one, two goals maybe, but uh, it's not a guy that brings you, you over the know. next step. It's gonna Immobile. be interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see with Immobile because I can like he's the type of guy if he can feed off his momentum, he'll oh, be a great no, striker. He, he'll be a great striker for really. Don't get me wrong. If he can yeah, continue the four, I think every Italian will be like. That's the problem. No, that's the problem with Italy. Their problem now, they don't carry off. Like it seems like the players don't carry their form to the national team like they used to. That's one They're problem also- with us. Immobile last season he had a good year as well and did nothing for the national team. It's all he's always done nothing for the national team. Immobile, if you nah, I agree compare with that. Immobile and Velotti for the national team, the qualifiers, Velotti's been much better for Italy than Immobile was in the qualifiers. Yeah. Honestly, we'll the three the three strikers. Yeah. I think the the only positions that we know what's happening are the midfield and the the center back pairing. Other than that, I don't know about yeah. the left back. I don't know about the right back, and we don't know about the striker or the right mid yet. The problem with Belot, uh, with uh, Immobile is when, when you color his jersey a darker shade of blue, the guy the guy feels lost. He doesn't know what to do. He feels like it's the wrong color of blue. Maybe Italy need to start having a lighter blue jersey so he could perform this guy. And, and Italy are in a group that the the other teams have great uh, a great team. We we know that yeah. uh, uh, what's their t- uh, Turkey they they yeah, had the Turkey's best the defense defense in the in the qualifier. You know they shut out France. They they were playing great defense. Uh, then they was injured. They lost yeah. their, one half of their center back, but uh, we know that they they could be tough. We know that Switzerland could pop off any time, and we also know that Wales could uh, could be a yeah. surprise uh, surprise team too. So, Italy at the moment, uh, it's good to to have these type of problems, but uh, we really we have, have to start them, saying yeah. we have to really start fixing them because at the at the at the moment, uh, there's a lot of uh, ifs and the maybes about this team. Uh, the midfield looks uh, looks good. The defense looks good, but uh, at the end of the day, you need strikers and uh, goal scorers to win you games and uh, tournaments. Yeah, I just want to ask a quick question to all of you. If you had to name three guys to get called up at striker for Italy, who would it be? I think, in my opinion, Belotti, Mobile, and I think Moise Keane will come just because he brings a different aspect. And also for the national team, he actually wasn't bad. Moise Keane, he did well. 
when he's yeah. played. So, what do yeah. you guys think? I'll go with Joe first. Joe, who do you think? Do you uh, well, you need a call for Immobile because of the season he's having. You got to yeah. call him up. Uh, but for Belotti, I would not call Belotti. Uh, okay. I, don't, I don't. I don't feel that he's a, a player that's uh, at the right uh, has the right mentality right now to uh, to really perform. Uh, for the other two strikers, uh, Italian strikers, yes, I would, I'd call Moise Keane also because he's that guy that you can bring in off the bench and maybe play for the, the games that uh, that uh, if there's an injury or a substitution, be called to to really bring him in. And uh, I might be stupid uh, saying this, but I also call up uh, Balotelli. Because oh, not, not not only does uh you know he's on bad form this season, but uh, when he got called up for his first Italy game, he scored, and after that they didn't call him up again. And he's one of those guys, you know, off topic, but he's one of those guys like like a, I'm going off topic from another another sport to another sport, but a, a grinder, a guy that the other team are, are scared to ver- face against when it, it's match day, uh, a guy that's saying, oh Balotelli's playing, let's let's try to get under his skin. And when you when players try to get under other players' skin, it only makes the player that they're trying to do that too stronger. So for Balotelli, you know, maybe not a starting position. I know that we're only going to play with one striker probably. And uh, to have Balotelli and Keane on the bench is, is a good thing. But if you look at uh, Balotelli is having a bad season and uh, Balotelli is having a bad season, but uh, I feel that uh, Balotelli could still bring something to the elite team. I feel that if if he's just motivated to do something and the team really comes around him and say, listen, Balo, you're going to be a starter, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, then he can really p- perform and, and be by by the old uh, Balo that we that we remembered. But uh, for Balotti, you know, I would, you know, it, it's like a 50-50 thing, you know. If Maybe if he if he becomes better as, as the season goes, you could call him up. But at the moment, he hasn't really done anything to say, listen, this guy deserves to be called up, you know. He has nine goals and five penalty shots, so only four four goals the whole season versus with a team that only really has one one guy to score, and that's him. So I don't know what's going to happen. The only thing I know that Immobile is 100% certain to be called up with the season he's having. Moise Keane is also another candidate, but uh, for the number three, I would go with uh, Balotelli. Um, just one thing I want to say is that I think the big difference between the two is the work rate, right? Because Balotelli is someone who runs up and down and yeah. fights hard. I think Balotelli is too lazy, in my opinion, but uh, Francesco, what do you think? Your top three. I gotta disagree with Joe there. I, I, I'm gonna go with what Enzo said. Immobile needs to be called up. I think Balotti is a good workhorse for, for the team. And I feel like Moise Keane needs to call up just, just because he brings that, uh, energy onto the field. I gotta disagree with Joe. I, I think Balotelli, if he wants to get called up to the national team, he needs to prove it. If, if, if you're, like, uh, a worthy Italian striker, you can't even start for Brescia when you're too busy pl- playing FIFA with handoff in your underwear. There's a problem. The guy doesn't drop the training. He can't even start for 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 the Brescia team. Realistically, a city a B team over here. You know, Torino is struggling right now. But at the end of the day, uh, they're they're a far better team than Brescia is. Uh, historically and and right right now currently, I think Belotti would give that spark of energy. When Balotelli's on on the field, maybe he'll score one or two goals. But he he's just gonna stay there, pick his ass. Maybe talk to but you, maybe talk to the defenders over there. And, and you know why? One, one of the reasons why I want Balo to, to to get called up. Yeah, he's having a bad season, but he knows he knows how to play in these big tournaments. He's played in the World Cup. He's played in the Euros. He's won a Champions League. He's started in the Champions League. You know, you got guys like Immobile, Balotti, Moise Keane that that never really played on the international stage. That that's why Kilini, Bonucci for for all these years, not because they're only good players, but that's why they still have their their spot because. They've they've been there, they've done that, you know. They've played in Champions League finals, they've played in in the Euros. Uh, they know what to do when it, when they have to come down to it. They're winners, and and for Immobile and Balotti, you know, it's different than versing Serie A uh, players uh, every week. It's different. It's a different uh, competition. Yeah, it's a different competition. It's more uh, more uh, to get. It's more. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it's a different tournament. It's a different atmosphere. And you need to know what to do in those certain you need like moments a veteran. To, to win. Yeah, you, you need like, you need a veteran up top. And and, and Moise Keane, he, he won't start. Belotti, I don't think will start. The only guy that will start is Immobile. But you look at Immobile in the Europa League, he did really nothing. And those are and that's the Europa League. The Serie A, yes, he's getting goals. But other than that, he, he like Angel said, he didn't really do much in the qualifying when he had the versus the big teams. He really didn't do much. Belotti scored more. And for the Serie A, yes, he's getting goals, but other than that, he ha- he hasn't really been doing nothing. In the Coppa Italia, in big games, he he hasn't he didn't score versus Napoli. With Juve, he didn't score with Juve. You know, Roma he didn't score. Roma he didn't score. These are the big times where you need those big time players. Yes, Balotelli is not a big time player right now, 
or hasn't been for a couple of years, but only needs a little bit motivation and a little bit spark. And, uh, and that's what, uh, Illy need a number nine that that's been there and they know what to do in certain situations. Yeah. And, uh, I think, uh, something I'd like to see maybe at one point, even if it's for the last 20 minutes is Kiez as like a center forward. I feel like it would open up a lot of things just quickly to try to offer up by a little bit. I feel like uh, maybe a uh, starting attack of like Orsolini, Chiesa, and Insigne would be interesting to see with the ball yeah. movement. But uh, yeah, who's left? Danny, did you say yeah. you No, you know what? I agree with like what Joe was saying. Like you need a guy that can show up and stuff. The only problem I see with Balotelli is, again, he's not he's not showing that he wants to get called up to the Italian national team. That's the problem with him. I agree. But I feel like, in my opinion, my personal opinion now, if Balotelli can like just snap out of it and just focus, maybe care about his country for just one year. That's it. So then he can, I can see him on the national team. But if I had to go for a starting three, I know this is going to sound so stupid, but I would go with Immobile, Balotti, and Quagliarella. Just because if you bring Quagliarella, he's got that what Joe was saying, that That's veteran true. experience, and he's been. If it, for Sampdoria, he yeah, they haven't been the best team, best attacking team, whatever. But he's scoring, he's trying his best, and he's leading the team. He scores big goals, he creates big chances for them, and he's proving that he's still got it, even at the age of 37. I would call up Quagliarella, my opinion, because it gives you that veteran uh, presence, and it also helps the young kids develop. He can help the younger uh, players develop. And give them momentum to uh, play in these big games. So maybe Quagliarella could be a surprise for a lot of people. Or I can even see maybe a guy like Patania too. Just bring that big body presence that can... We're down by one goal in the 87th minute. And you bring him in and he wins a header and ties it up. Like I can see maybe Patania or even Quagliarella. Those are my, my opinions. Alright, now moving on. We all got a little off topic. But uh, Udinese Inter... <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, not really much to say. Uh, Inter was a better team. Lukaku had a doppietta in, that, in this match. And um, I feel like Inter struggles with finishing sometimes. Uh, Udinese held off for quite a while. Their defense was pretty solid, especially in that first half. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the, the story of the game is that Inter wanted it more and they needed the three points. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Honestly, my personal opinion... Uh, Udinese, for me, they seemed like they were the better side that first half. Up to when Inter scored, that's when I felt like Udinese could have maybe surprised Inter. I felt like they were playing really well. They were attacking really well. Uh, they were testing. Uh, it was Pordelli that was in net because Hadonovic was injured. Uh, until Inter got that goal, then it was just downhill from there once Inter got that goal. Uh, I felt bad for Udinese because it would have been nice to see them spark like create like a spark in the league by even winning or drawing against the uh, inter but inter showed their class and they got the job done and that's the most important thing at the end of the day right, yeah francesco joe what'd you guys think yeah i was uh didn't have the time to uh watch this game but uh i was uh watching i was on my phone and it was the second half and it was still zero zero and and I was uh, very happy because I knew that uh, Juve won the game before to put us six points clear. But then, uh, you know, champions, they score. This is why I was saying about Baltelli, Lukaku, you know, he's been there, he's done that, he knows what to do in the certain situations. And he got the goal when they needed to get him the goal. So Lukaku got the goal and then they got a penalty shot afterwards and he scored that too. So he tell you, it was really Lukaku who won them the game this, uh, this weekend. Uh, Udinese played a very good game. Uh, as I watch the highlights, they they had a lot of opportunities, especially Kevin Lasagna. He, the guy has a million opportunities uh, every game, but he never gets to get the the goals that that he should be getting. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, Inter won, uh, and uh, they're uh, up close to Juve and uh, and uh, Lazio up top in the Serie A race. Yeah, um, I, I was very disappointed with Udinese. Obviously, in the first half, they were playing very well. I I, I believe they were playing better than Inter in the first half. But they just couldn't uh, finish their dinner. Uh, they had to take advantage of this situation. Obviously, you don't have Handana Bichonet. You have Inter's backup, net. You really have to um, work well under pressure and really get the job done. And they failed to do it. All credit to Inter. Uh, once they went into the locker room and slapped the Inter players up and said, you guys got to wake up. We can't we can't, uh, drop points for the third game in a row. We have to really win this game. And Lukaku uh, had a great show, great performance. And... Scored the two goals to make Inter win the game. 
Yep, and uh, yeah, that's about it for that game. We'll move on now to Napoli and Sampdoria. Danny, take it away. Yes. Oh, oh my God, I don't know where to start. Stress level, cholesterol level, blood level, everything was high that game. Uh, we started off really well. Uh, beautiful goal at the beginning of the game, the second minute, with good ball movement, a beautiful ball by Zelensky, who's been a lot better. Uh, I give them him credit under Gattuso lately. And a good goal by Milik, who seems to be catching his form from a few years ago. And then after that, a beautiful corner taken by uh, Calion and a good finish by Elmas, who held off the defender to tap in his first Serie A goal. Uh, after that, it seems like Napoli just went downhill. Uh, they gave up a, a wonderful goal to Quagliarella off of a stupid slip by Husai. Uh, Merlet did get piece to it, but it wasn't enough to keep it out. And then after that, it seemed like uh, Sampdoria kept attacking and I was just watching the game and I'm like what the hell is going on like what happened to Napoli it seemed like they just switched off then they they hit the post uh, Gaston Ramirez hit the post I was about to flip my chair and like it was just a bad game like a bad time to watch and then they got the goal ruled off because of a Gabbiadini handball and then Manolas I don't know what he was thinking Yes, it was slight contact, but it's still enough to give the penalty. Uh, so I don't know what went through his mind when he made the challenge. Uh, then they, Sampdoria tied it up. But then after that, it seemed like Napoli realized, like, oh, we need to get our act together. And then they just completely dominated after that second goal. A uh, huge goal from Diego Dame, uh, even though it was kind of lucky, I would admit that. And then a beautiful finish by uh, Mertens catching Odero up. Make, uh, catching uh, Adero off his line after he made a horrible mistake, in my opinion. Uh, one of the worst mistakes a goalie can ever make. Uh, trying to uh, header the ball instead of just claiming it uh, and then restarting the play. But overall, uh, I love the way Napoli played. I love how they battled back. And I love how we finally are looking as a, like a, our team that we were supposed to earlier in the season. Uh, hopefully they can continue because we have a couple of games that we should be getting points uh, coming up and maybe a good test against Inter. And then we should build momentum towards Barca because I feel like as of right now during Bar- uh, current Barca, uh, sport, uh, the state in Barca, it's not looking good. Uh, apparently uh, the media is saying that Messi is mad at some players. Uh, didn't he get into a fight with Ter Stegen this morning? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's not looking good. He's being linked with moves elsewhere when his contract's up. So hopefully Napoli can finally settle in, play the soccer that they always could have. Uh, and I like the way that uh, La Boca and Demi, they've come in and they've changed the uh, team a little bit. And I like the signing of Politano. He had a solid 20 minutes. He wasn't uh, eye-catching, but he played really good. He was smart with the ball. He ran up the wing good. And it's nice to see Napoli finally playing good soccer um, as a Napoli fan. So hopefully we can get that Europa League spot. That's all I'm hoping for. And maybe push the limits for the last Champions League spot. What do you guys think about the game? Um, I think uh, one thing I want to really mention is uh, Diego Dame. Uh, I watched the Leipzig a lot this season because of Patrick Schick. And uh, I really liked him. He's someone who controls the tempo of the game, like I mentioned last week. And uh, yeah, Diego Dame is someone who really stood out to me. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of his. Me too. And, he's uh, been he's been awesome since we got him. Like I'm really happy that we got him. Even the Booker too. He had a he had a solid outing too. Uh, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. He just had like a good outing. Like and he made a lot. Of, like he controlled the tempo. And that's what I like about these two guys. They come in, they play cool, they set up plays. Because before Napoli, it looked like they used to rush. Like everything was rushed. And I like because I like uh, Dami too because he's a leader. He's a vocal leader, and he he yells at the player. Here, I'm here, I'm here. Give me the ball, give me the ball. And he sets up the play. He's like a he's like a offensive coordinator. He sets up the play. He's like a QB too. So it's it's nice. To, it's good to see. Uh, he's like a point guard. He's the point guard of Napoli. <laughs> and also, um, one thing I think Napoli was lacking during like that stretch of bad games. I feel like was finishing. I feel like Napoli. Blew a lot of chances. They should have scored a Florente, Malik. Everyone had their moments in that little stretch there. Yeah, even and, um, was horrible too. And Cini as well. Almas is someone I actually really like. He, he plays wouldn't. hard. He runs a lot. So I was happy to see him score. And uh, 
yeah, I just think overall Napoli, uh, they're on the right path right now. And only thing I'm really tightening up, honestly, is their defense is a little yeah. uh, off at the back. So once they tighten that up, I think they'll be a great team for the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, our defense hasn't been good. Uh, I think it's because it's the new pairing. Uh, it's kind of hard to uh, get chemistry when, say, one week Malas is not playing, the next week Koulibaly, then the next week uh, huge size playing, and then Goulam. Like, it's kind of hard. We just got to keep our solid back line together. Like, once we get our back line together, I I know it's a, maybe it could be a little too late to build chemistry, but once our team can, uh, our back line can come back healthy and play, I feel like Napa could be uh, in good shape coming into the uh, Champions League knockout stages. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And also that Manolas Taco brought back bad memories. The amount of times he's done those, like, yeah, little, uh, I, reckless I don't know tackles. what he was thinking. Uh, just... Good on Quagliella, because Quagliella, he, he was play, he for me, he was Sam Doria's best player. He played, yeah, he played well. Before, before he uh, left uh, with an injury, but... It seems uh, like but he yeah, Joe Francesco, what do you guys us. think? <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't really watch uh, any of the match, uh, but uh, Napoli are, are starting to rack up the points here. They bet us last week. They bet uh, Sam Doria away from home, which is always hard to do. Uh, and slowly by slowly, they're going to... Come up uh, with the city up the city at table. Uh, the Champions League is still uh, a long way away, but uh, it's not impossible uh, for Sampdoria. And, uh, another uh, lost opportunity to get points, and uh, they're almost in the relegation zone also. So uh, right now, Napoli is on the high, while uh, Sampdoria is still trying to find their way to get points here. Yeah, but they were yeah. they've been playing better a lot, a lot better than they were before under uh, Ranieri. So I can see Ranieri trying to keep them up. Yeah, with uh, Napoli and Samzari, I, I feel like Napoli, ever since they beat Lazio, they've been on a good form of run, really starting to get comfortable under Gattuso, and we'll see uh, how they finish out the season. Uh, I think, I think they're um, it's the start. It's it's going to be the start of a great project under Gattuso. Let's hope they continue this from the Champions League. That's where it matters uh, with, with these Italian teams. And um, overall, Samzari played well. I I wasn't expecting that that. Uh, performance from them. I, I thought Napoli was going to win by much more. I didn't expect somebody to play that well, but they did. They came out. And again, let's let's um, let's see because um, this is the turning point in City on now where teams start uh, saying, okay, we're about to get relegated or we need to get this by this date and all that. So let's see uh, how teams start playing because um, there's certain teams that you got to play a game like it's the finals and there's certain teams that could just relax and have a pina colada over here. So let's see how, how this goes out. But it was a great performance by Napoli and a g- great fight by Sampdoria. Yeah, and also in the midweek, we had Lazio Verona back uh, replaying a match from match day 17. Um, I don't think there's really much to say about this. We already really touched upon it uh, before, how uh, Verona's defense has been great this season and really much nothing changed that match. They were solid. Um, so I say we move on to the preview now for this weekend. And also Friday, because uh, Roma will be playing tomorrow. Yeah. Again, it's uh, Bologna. It's a match that we need to win. There's no no way around it. We need to win this match. Um, one thing I'm excited to see is Roma for Pellegrini. He's someone who is frustrating, like I mentioned before, and I really want to see maybe someone like Perotti or Clybert in that role instead of uh, Pellegrini for one match. I think Clybert would do much better there. And he caused a lot of problems, problems are running behind the middle there. He's very quick and uh, skillful and just needs to fix his decision-making. He has a great, great work rate, something he's improved this, uh, this season. Um, yeah, so obviously that's a match we need to win. There's also Fiorentina, Atalanta, great game. Torino, Sampdoria, Verona, Juve, which is going to be, I think, in my opinion, game of the weekend. That's going to be a huge game. Yeah, great game. I can't, I can't wait for that one. Also Sunday, there's Pals, Sassuolo, Brescia, Udinese, Genoa, Cagliari, Napoli, Lecce. Parma, Lazio, and Inter Milan, which actually, no, that's the game of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think about this match? What are you looking forward to? For which one, sir? Uh, yeah, any match uh, this weekend. Um, one, I don't know, because they're all, like, good, like, they're all, like, tough matches. Every match in Serie A is getting tougher and tougher as the years go on. Uh, the one match I'm looking forward to, surprisingly, the Derby, besides the Derby, uh, Fiorentina and Atalanta is a good match. Uh, Juve Verona is a good match, and even the Roma Bologna game is actually a really good match. There's some there's some underrated matches this week too in Syria. But all, there we go. 
Yeah. Those are some good matches just to look out for. I'll read out the games of the weekends, and you guys give me a quick uh, score prediction. Is that okay? okay? Right. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, Roma Bologna, I'll go quickly. Uh, I think we're going to tie 2 2. Uh, Danny? I'm going to go 2 1 Roma. Joe? Uh, it's going to be uh, 2 1 Roma like Dan. Francesco? I, th- I, th- I think 3 1 Roma. Roma. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Bologna for a second. <laughs> Uh, moving on, we have Fiorentina Atalanta. I'm going to say 3-1, actually 3-2 Atalanta. I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, Danny? 4-1 Atalanta. Joe? 3-0 Atalanta. And Francia? I'm going to say 4-0 Atalanta. Oof, okay. Oh, okay, this is an interesting game. <laughs> Torino Sampdoria. Oh. Uh, 7-0 Samp. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, you know what? One nothing Torino. It's not Bolotti's gonna score. Just I don't know. Bolotti will score, but it's gonna be a one one draw. One draw. Joe. Uh three one Torino. And from chat. I th- I think it's gonna be a two two. Two two. Alright, then there's also Verona, Juve. You know what? No, no, I think he was gonna win. I'm gonna say it'll be a tough game. I'll say one nothing Juve. Then uh I think it's gonna be one of you, maybe two nothing Juve. Joe, two one Juve. Two one Juve and Prince. What do you got? What do you think? I'm not proud of this, boys. I don't think we're gonna play well. I think it's gonna be two two. Ooh. Okay. I don't know how Verona's gonna score two goals, but. I, I just feel like Verona's going to put on the pressure. It's going to be a it's good defensive one, battle. It's either going to be 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, but they're going to be very defensive. It's going to be very annoying for Juve to break down. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Spal Sassuolo. I'm going to say 3 nothing Sassuolo with a Bernardi hat-trick. Ooh, this is my dream. This is my dream game, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 3-1 Spal. Catania, two okay. goals. Caputo with a goal. All right, uh, Joe. Uh, two two. Chat. I'm gonna say three nothing. Uh, no, three nothing. Mm, yeah, th- three nothing. Sassuolo. All right, Brescia Udinese. I think that Brescia will win this one two one. Danny. Uh, I'm gonna say Udinese two one. Udinese two one. Joe. I agree with that once again. Two one Udinese. I'm gonna say Prince one nothing Udinese. Okay, okay. Uh, Genoa, Cagliari. You know what? I'll say one nothing Cagliari. Uh, I'm going to say 2 nothing Cagliari. Uh, 3, no. 3-1 um, Cagliari. I'm going to say 2-1 Genoa. Definitely a battle game winning. <laughs> All right. Now we let you understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say 5-1 Napoli. That's good. 2-0 Napoli. What's this game? Napoli versus Lecce? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 4-0 Napoli. 2-1 Lecce. (laughs) 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 Okay, we'll we'll make a deal here. If Lecce wins this game, then you gotta wear a Lecce jersey. (laughs) Where the hell am I gonna get a Lecce jersey? (laughs) I'll find I'll find one for you. I'll pay okay, for it. Okay, go on to uh, check uh, DHK to see if they have one. There's one player on Lecce that that's very that goes very off versus uh, the big teams. He looks like Modric. He's a midfielder. Oh he's yeah, Modric. I'm not trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about uh, what's his name? What's Tere Grossa. No, no, no. He's on the uh, He's this number guy. four, no? Oh yeah, he's on Brescia. Tere Grossa, yeah. What's his name? Um, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Oh, Petrocone. Petrocone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacopo. Actually, not bad. Holy cow, they got Bobble Car too? <laughs> yeah. He's been there all Holy season. Oh, he's probably been injured. That's why I haven't heard of him. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, Parma Lazio. I'm going to say 4 1 Parma. Oh, You know what? Boys, it's cause this one's going to be the surprise of the weekend. 2 1 Parma. Wow. Thank you. Ooh. Uh, Parma Lazio. I'm gonna go with uh one one tie. Fuck it. Where's the deep waters over here? Or nothing, Lazio. Oh, you ruined the trend here. Lazio was gonna get a get a result. <laughs> Today's the day. That was the game. Lazio's gonna drop points. 
Um, yeah, let's move on now. Uh, Inter Milan. This is probably the most exciting one. Um, ooh, I'm gonna say a two-two draw, and the Zlatan's gonna score maybe like from the 80th to the 90th minute to make it two-two. Like tied up. Three-one Inter. Three-one Inter. Okay, you say three-one Inter. I say three-one Milan. Which one? (laughs) AC. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. um, I'm. I'm gonna say. I'll say two-one Milan. Two-one Milan. Ah, Okay. Wow. That's tough. That's a tough one. That's a really good one. And then we also have a Inter Napoli next week too, and then Milan Juve. Coppa Italia, yeah. So that's going to be really good. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll preview that next week, I guess. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting weekend, especially into Milan game. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one, man. That's a very good one, yeah. Alright, well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Another long one. Went into extreme detail. We got really into the Italy, uh, strike force for the Euros. Talked about that a lot. Um, yeah, so if you guys want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Six Side College Show. Same for Instagram at Six Side College Show. We also have a YouTube channel now, so that's uh, Six Side College. Type it in, you'll find it. This is our podcast will be available there. Maybe in the future we'll do some other stuff like reactions and whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Ciao, Ciao. ragazzi. Tu sai dove, dove, quando.